and welcome back to another episode of All Good in the Brotherhood. I am Brother Francisco Whitaker, and joining me today is a fellow seminarian from the Diocese of Pittsburgh who is studying here at St. Vincent. We're both in Second Theology. Uh, this is Xavier Angle. What's up, y'all? Good to be here. Thanks yeah. for having me, bro. Absolutely. It's good yeah. to have you. Uh, Xavier and I have uh, share a good <clears throat> level of competitive spirit when it comes to sports, um, to the point where Xavier has... How many times have you messed up your meniscus now? In seminary, twice. Uh, this year, once. So we're seeing what happens here, but it's uh, <laughs> it hasn't treated me kindly, and basketball is my uh, sick obsession. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to the point where we're, we play uh, intramurals together oh. on the team uh, against college students. Um, and it was our last game last semester, I think. We were practicing, you know, doing some layups and stuff before oh. it even started. And uh, Xavier went up and he went down and then he just stayed down. And <laughs> I thought he was messing with me. And he's like, Cisco, help me up. I'm like, oh. And I just kind of laughed. He's like, no, like I actually can't get up. And <laughs> it was bad. Um, but we're hoping... You're in good health. Uh, we're playing in a basketball tournament for seminarians uh, in, the, uh, is it Ohio? Yeah, in Columbus, Ohio, the Josephinum tournament. So any of you uh, viewers or listeners, say a prayer for us because we want to get some wins and, and show St. Vincent well. But, yeah, no, I fell to the ground. It hurt my knee, and I heard a pop. I'm like, oh, here we go again. And Francisco <laughs> was like, oh, look at you. You <laughs> fell to the ground. I'm like, no, man, come over here. I need your help. I actually hurt myself in a layup. Yep. So that's the first, not hurting myself in an actual game. But it was it was a good moment so, for humility. Yeah, exactly. Humility, humility comes in usually in ways we'd prefer not to have it. But, yeah, yeah. Um, so good. Well, uh, today I wanted to bring Xavier on uh, to talk about something that uh, is gotten us some questions, especially after a uh, few weeks ago, um, I had Johanna, my sister-in-law, on, and we were talking about experiences that we had had in prayer, and some of the experiences we had were um, connected to uh, the Ignite Retreat, which is a charismatic retreat that St. Vincent hosts every February. It's actually this weekend, so if you could say some prayers for that, we're looking forward to what the Holy Spirit will do, but um, we've gotten some questions from people about what exactly is that you prayer you're talking about, the charismatic prayer, um, or baptism in the spirit, all of that stuff. So um, Xavier has done a fair amount of, I guess, I don't want to say work with the charismatic prayer. That seems like a weird way of putting it, but experience so certainly has been involved in the charismatic movement in the church. And where he went to school for his undergrad at Duquesne University is really where the rebirth of the charismatic movement in the United States took place. So um, we could just start, Xavier, what's uh, some biblical history and uh, some more recent history about the charismatic movement that you could share with us? Yeah. Um, if you don't mind, brother, before we jump in, do you think we could say a quick prayer? Oh, yeah, Just for please. God to guide us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, yeah, let's start. Just in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, I just thank you for this day. Just thank you for this podcast. Thank you for this this ministry. We thank you for the renewal of your spirit in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls, and in your church, Lord God. Just ask you now to send your Holy Spirit upon this this time together. Just ask that your words be spoken and not our own. That we are able to share our hearts openly and honestly and to really just share our experiences, our strength, and our hope knowing you in a deeper way, but especially about your renewal of the Holy Spirit in the church. And Blessed Mother, we just uh, we offer this time to you. 
bless it, cover it with the mantle of your love and protection. Yeah, and just Holy Spirit, come within our hearts. Enliven us, enlighten us, and bless us today. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, you know, there's so many things that we could talk about with the renewal and with oh, the yeah. Holy Spirit. I mean, it it's something that has been always in the heart of the church and foreshadowed at many points in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. You know, the Duquesne weekend happened in 1967. Not on Duquesne's campus, but it was a group of Duquesne students that went to the Ark and the Dove Retreat Center, which it wasn't named that at the time. Okay. But they came together for a prayer weekend, and they were reading Acts 2 and the coming of the Holy Spirit, and they said, why isn't this happening today? What's mm-hmm. going on? Mm-hmm. And um, so they were up in the Upper Cynical Chapel, which I don't know if you've ever been to the Ark and the Dove. Oh, one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, so you've seen it. It's, yep. a little, it's a little teeny chapel, and it's got like, it's in this beautiful area of uh, the North Hills of Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. Gibsonia. And they're up there, and they said, Lord, we want these gifts. And the Holy Spirit came down, and, mm. and the gifts were manifested, the charismatic gifts, um, tongues of fire, praise, interpretation of tongues, prophecy. And they were just just praising and joy-filled with the Spirit. And it was like a second, like a new, renewed Pentecost. Wow. And so they took this, and they, and they started in 1967 and burst forth into the church. And it was really, just to give a quick historical background, mm. it was the prayer, I think, of Pope, one of the Pope, I think it was Pope Leo Thirteenth. He came out with an encyclical trying to renew the spirit in the church, mm. trying mm-hmm. to renew it and calling the church to kind of go back to their roots and say, hey, are we living spirit-led lives? Yeah. Um, but really, I want to start with one Old Testament passage that I remember learning from Dr. John Bergsma in his uh, principal biblical studies class at Franciscan in my minor seminary studies was in Moses's final speech to the Israelites, one of his final speeches, he said the Lord wants to circumcise your hearts. Mm. We see that the law pointed to the circumcision of bodily flesh. Yeah. But the Lord wanted to point in that passage to the circumcision of our hearts. Mm. What's the circumcision of our hearts? The coming of the Holy Spirit. We Mm. see the Holy Spirit foreshadowed in so many Old Testament uh, narratives. The coming of the Spirit upon the 70 elders after Mm -hmm. Moses came down from the mountain. You know, even the Spirit coming upon the prophets, God and the prophets, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. We see these references weaved throughout all of Scripture of the Trinity, the communion of Christ, being given through the Spirit in foreshadowed ways into these Old Testament prophets and leaders of Israel. Mm -hmm. So going forward into the New Testament, Christ is the fulfillment and he's the one who gives us the spirit. Yeah, yeah. And I love this line. And a lot of what I'm pulling from is from the Malines document. This big document, you can find it online. Look it up for any questions you have about the renewal. This is the pastoral and theological orientations of the charismatic renewal. It's awesome. That's it was, this was done in 1974 by a group of theologians in Malines, Belgium. After the renewal just absolutely exploded onto the scene after huh. 1967. Yeah. And so they came together and wrote about a lot of questions, mm-hmm. a lot of theological questions, a lot of doubts, a lot of concerns about the renewal. Sure. Yeah. And they treat all of these things in the documents. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So I just wanted to quote a line coming from the New Testament. i got to mm-hmm. find it here. But the um, – where is it here? So here it is right here. This is the, I highlighted this last this morning, and I just love this. The Spirit is the final act of communion between Father and Son. Mm. 
It is also through the Spirit, this communion in the Father and the Son is communicated outside of the inner life of God. Indeed, the church is defined in relation to this communion of persons. And this is what the renewal is. It's the inner life of God being communicated to us in the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's relationship. It's communion. And what's manifested are the gifts of the Holy Spirit that build up the communion of the church. Because the church is the body of Christ. Yeah, yeah. And we were given by Christ's life, death, and resurrection a share in his Holy Spirit in this communion between the Father and the Son. And this communion is so strong that it is the third person of the Trinity. Yes, yeah, right. And it's incredible. So this is what was realized in Pentecost. This is this communion, this gifting of the communion of the Father and the Son to us through Jesus was foreshadowed in the Old Testament, but also was shown to us in the power that was used in the in the Israel Israel leaders and prophets. We see it. Yeah, I know. I, I think um, understanding the gifts of the Spirit, which we can certainly talk more about specifics for those uh, in a little bit, but. Just understanding them in the framework as uh, gifts for the sake of deeper communion and more communion. Um, Because a lot of people, certainly some of them sound strange, right? Speaking in tongues um, or idea of having modern prophecy, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's reserved for the Old Testament Mm -hmm. or um, dreams that manifest something. You know, some of those all sound kind of strange. But if we understand that because the Spirit himself is communion... Mm -hmm that all of his gifts are going to be for the sake of deeper communion. So when we look at Acts chapter 2 after Pentecost, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And Peter goes out and preaches. And what's the result of his words is that 5,000 people were added to the number, right? The church itself grew in communion with more people. Um, so that the gifts, we can, I feel like we can only recognize them truly as gifts when we discern them if they have brought deeper communion. If there's something about the individual who's trying to do them or mm-hmm. um, it's about them and about bringing people to them rather than to Christ or the communion is not obvious, then you can start to see, okay, well, I don't think that was actually a manifestation of a gift. That was this person trying to conjure up what would look like one, but it really isn't. Yeah, yeah. And it that's so true because a lot of the, I don't know what questions you got from people, but a lot of the the errors we see come in emotionalism and individualism or mm. personalism, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, um, bringing the focus onto me. Yeah. You know, because the gifts are meant to be given to others to build up the church. And Isaiah talks about this because we understand that we have two types of gifts. Mm-hmm. We have the charismatic gifts and we have our baptismal gifts that Isaiah talks yeah, about. Right, I, if right. I'm not mistaken, Isaiah 11, I think, is where think, he talks yeah, about yeah. the baptismal mm-hmm. gifts. Those are gifts we receive in baptism. Our gifts we receive from the Holy Spirit in baptism are for our own personal sanctification and communion with mm-hmm. Christ. But through that, we're welcomed into confirmation and the affirmation of our baptismal gifts and the receiving of the Holy Spirit to give get the charismatic gifts that St. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, mm-hmm. to go out and to make disciples. Right. Yeah. So there's a natural progression here that that is clear in the Scripture, hmm. and it's for the building up of the church. Yeah. It's not yeah. about... While emotion is a part of it, it's not the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's about encountering Christ. He's coming to us. We're not trying to manufacture something that cares about him. We're not trying to create some sort of fake encounter with God that really mm-hmm. is just a self-gratification of what I want to push, yeah. which is where, unfortunately, over the past, how long, maybe 60 years since the renewal has really kick-started in 67, we've seen a lot of wounds happen within the renewal, a mm-hmm. lot of bad theology, a lot of bad... Um, ministry and a lot of people bringing emotionalism and 
personalism, like taking like, I've got these gifts, mm-hmm. so I have this special secret relationship with God where yeah, I can interpret yeah. or do whatever the heck I want, which mm-hmm. is not the charismatic gifts, which is right. not the spirit of the renewal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not true. Yeah, which the, to your point about emotion, that was kind of one question someone had is um, how do you know that it's the Holy Spirit and not like your own emotional response? Or is it yeah. is it can you trust if you feel like emotional about it? Because yeah. um, there's certainly a, a tendency in, in just like culture in general to only be trusting how we feel, right? Yeah. Um, oh, I you know because someone feels or identifies as X, Y, or Z, they become that thing, um, and just like normal conversation anymore, when you ask someone their opinion or, or you just even ask someone a question, they say, well, I feel like, rather than just saying, uh, you know, some kind of objective answer. Um, so a common either misconception or potential criticism of charismatic prayer or the charismatic renewal is, well, it's all about conjuring up some emotion or it's all about having an emotional experience of prayer rather than um, really just going to God for who he is. It's you want something out of him, or you want some yeah. kind of feeling. Uh, how do you how do you speak into that, or how have have you wrestled with that in your own kind of experience in charismatic prayer? Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to share. I got a few things in my head. You know, the charismatic renewal is not in a vacuum. Mm. The church is. A, if we believe the church is communion, we pull from all her treasures. So mm. I may be charismatically oriented, just like I believe. Every Catholic should be charismatically yeah. oriented because the Spirit is in our hearts. Right. Yeah. And if yeah. we believe that Christ <laughs> wants to make disciples, mm. we probably should like give this stuff a serious consideration. Sure. Yeah. Now, <sighs> emotions are scary. Mm. Um, we're human beings. We make mistakes. Um, but, like I said, the charismatic renewal is not in a vacuum. So, do I have a personal prayer life? Am I pursuing spiritual direction? Mm. Am I pursuing accountability? Am I doing spiritual reading? Am I taking a holy hour or a time of prayer? Am I doing devotion? All these other things that are not necessarily attached to the spirit of the charismatic gifts and intercessory prayer, yeah. but am I am I forming myself with the other treasures of the church that help grow my discernment mm-hmm. and sharpen mm-hmm. my charismatic gifts? Because if I'm just jumping in things willy-nilly right. without a prayer life, without mm-hmm. spiritual direction, without accountability, without checking how my growth is with Christ... Of course, I'm going to jump into the renewal and and go into emotionalism and individualism, and it's gonna it's gonna take a form a twist because I'm relying on myself to understand yeah, things. Yeah, you know, and that's the key is everything in the Catholic faith is done in communion. That's mm-hmm. at least that's what Christ calls us to do. Is right. Yeah, exactly. we're meant to be formed. And in my own experience, I I just go back to high school. I remember. Going to the Franciscan Steubenville University conferences, yeah, yep. you know, my motivations were mixed. You know, I'm like, oh, I go with my buddies. You know, there's going to be girls there. <laughs> you know, like, it's going to be fun. We can eat good food, hang out, play yeah, sports. But yeah. I was like, deep down, I'm like, man, but is God going to show up? Mm. And, you know, it's like it's like the, the total young adult youth ministry thing or, like, retreat weekends. It's like, oh, Saturday night, man. Yeah, yep. Saturday night, like, the get ready to go. Up. Like, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know... Going to, I remember my, I don't know if it was my sophomore year of high school, but one of the years I went to the Steubenville Youth Conference in high school, I said, hey, like, I was struggling with a lot of things in my life. And I mm. said, God, like, all right, I'm going to go to confession to start. And I remember, like, getting this big, long line in confession mm-hmm. in Christ the King Chapel at Steubenville, and there was, like, probably 40 priests. And I'm like, we had one priest in our group that was here in confessions that knew me, and I was like, God, I don't want to go to that one. Guy. <laughs> and, of course, like, I go through the line, I go to this one priest, 
who I knew there were some sins in my heart that I had to really let go of. Mm-hmm. Um, that were really holding me back from receiving the love of God. And I, of course, I sit down and it's a face-to-face confession. So for a 16-year-old, that's like death. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was like, I got to get open and honest. And I, I had a wonderful confession with this um, mm. priest from my high school. And I remember just going into the prayer night, not expecting anything, yeah. just saying, wow, I feel free to just enter into the night. Mm. And the Holy Spirit comes unexpectedly. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't come when I'm closed off. He doesn't come when I'm expecting things. He doesn't come when I'm um, trying to control things in my brain or think my way through how I can receive or make this an emotional experience. He just comes. Hmm. And to speak into that is praise. Praising God is just acknowledging Him for who He is. Yeah. And that's exactly what your question was. And that's what hit me in the second point is, is that, and I'll continue my story after this, is like, how do we open ourselves to the Spirit and true encounter of the Holy Spirit, which emotion comes into, because right. it's part of our humanity, yeah, exactly. is praising God, mm. because that's making Him the focus. That's giving Him the glory. That's focusing on the beauty mm. of who God is in our lives. Mm-hmm. And then that's opening us up to receiving the gift. So I remember getting to this praise night, and just the Eucharist started processing around. And I just remember actually like just pouring out my heart, saying, I praise you, Lord, I praise you. And the mm. Eucharist passed by, and I just started weeping. I mean, like... For the first time in my life, I felt God's presence in my heart saying, Xavier, I love you. Mm. And I could not believe it. You know, and of course, you know, there's ups and downs. And I was a high schooler, and it's like, all right, well, I'm going to go on and do my thing. But that's a foundational moment, that Mm. encounter. That was one of the first encounters of the renewal I had where I felt the love of God, a baptism in the Holy Spirit, a feeling that personal encounter of the communion of the Godhead in my heart, that he's there saying, I love you. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. And that's what it's all about because the focus wasn't on me. Sure. We go wrong when the focus is on me. Yep. You know? And I hope that answers the question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. And, yeah, so when when we make the focus on us, then we think either about our emotions, uh, either trying to control them or or trying to have something happen. But if if our center is on praise and on just an openness um, to... Knowing that the Spirit can work, and He will, but it does not necessarily mean He will work in a way that we feel it all the time, or that it's j- totally obvious at that moment. Yeah. Um, because right, the Spirit is is always doing something. He, he, the Spirit is never like in a moment of like, you know, stagnation or you know, yeah. He's always moving. Right? It, we here in Scripture um, in Mark when it says the Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. Or in Acts, when Philip was swept up in the spirit after being with the uh, Ethiopian eunuch and he just like disappeared and went somewhere else. Like, spirit is always moving us or moving us towards something. Um, but necessarily experiencing that emotionally or in a particular moment doesn't always happen. Um, and sometimes I have to remind people that when, whether it's at Ignite Retreats or when they ask me about these kind of prayers, and like, well, I didn't feel or experience anything, but that person did. Is, is there something wrong with me or... Or is this actually real because it doesn't? Because <laughs> not everyone has it, yeah. and I, I just have to remind them that, like the spirit has something planned for you. It just might not be as obvious as it is for yeah. some people. Sometimes he has to make himself more obvious for people so that like your experience, yeah. so that you actually know how loved you are. Yeah, yeah. You actually know it. Versus some people, it's it's a slower opening process, yeah. or they're not fully open. In themselves enough to actually receive it all so he has to actually his work is to open them a little bit more to come to them so um, well another uh, question um, is just 
um, what exactly does this baptism of the Spirit look like? Mm-hmm. So you talked about these students uh, who went to the Ark and the Dove, um, and we hear in Pentecost, right, that they were the church was gathered together in prayer. So communion, being in communion, yeah. I think is really essential yeah. to these kind of moments of baptism of the Spirit. But what is what is different about saying baptism in the Spirit versus just our baptism? Because you alluded to that yeah, being two exactly. different things. And how how does it happen? How we don't bring it about, but yeah. how what kind of environment or situation brings these things to to what the Holy Spirit begins to do? Yeah, I mean, just to pull up a quote from the Malines document, which yeah, I should have brought my iPad because that would be a lot easier for organization. <laughs> but we're doing old good old paper. So if you just give me a moment here. John the Baptist, in John one thirty three uses the term baptism in the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I quote, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and rest is the one who is going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. Mm. So, the, and the, the Malines document talks about this, is that same issue yeah. of... There's a conflation of, well, those are Protestant terms. Mm. Those are Pentecostal terms. Yeah, exactly. like that, is that yeah. an issue? Like, that's scary? We look at the Greek word for baptize. We learned this in yeah. in Greek, baptiz, baptizo, yeah, yeah. which means to immerse. So, obviously, we have one baptism. That's mm-hmm. one sacrament. That's that's indelible change in our soul, an indelible mark that can never be taken away. That's always there. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a is an immersion, is a reawakening, is a stirring mm. in the fire and love of God. So, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, if, if anyone out there has done a Life in the Spirit seminar or heard about this, like, what, what is this experience? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's so many different manifestations of baptism in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. There could be joy. There could be a, a deep-seated peace. There could be tongues. There could be um, joy, like laughter. There could mm-hmm. be shaking, like, like actual, like, feeling God in you. There, there's so many different um, manifestations. I can't go through them all. But what is the core discernment for baptism in the Holy Spirit? What makes it what it is? is a deeper receptivity in the heart of the love of God, being immersed in the love and the fire of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That is the meaning of baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's a reawakening of what we've already been, what's already been received in confirmation. It's yeah, a reawakening, okay. a stirring. Sure. I, and it's just like hmm. so much of the Holy Spirit's dynamic love and power in the communion of the Godhead that's in our hearts goes dormant. Mm-hmm. In many points in our life, yeah. But that's the whole reason is it's not a one it's not a one off thing. Like I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I'm done. It's it's a daily encounter and experience through the ups and downs of life that God mm. not only wants us to stay firm with Him and committed to Him and focused on His love when we don't feel Him, but do we also believe He wants us to experience His love and be happy? Yeah, yeah. To be joyous and free, like the Spirit brings freedom. What are the fruits? You know, and looking at that, that's what the baptism in the Spirit is all about, is giving people an encounter with Christ so then they could use the gifts they receive to bring others into the church, to bring others to Christ. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of it. Because we can't give what we haven't received. Yeah, exactly. We Absolutely. can't give what we haven't received. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. it's just, like, I'll explain it this way. I'll give an experience of a, a quintessential moment I see the baptism of the Holy Spirit in my life. I, I had these experiences in high school that were just blessings, and they were they were awakenings, but I drifted away and just said, sure. All right, I'm going to keep doing what I want to do. Yeah. Um, but I got to college and had a rough two years um, and mm. finally hit a rock bottom. <laughs> Not to get into the, the the dirty details, but I had a girlfriend, broke up with her, went to the chapel at Duquesne, 
gave my life to God, said I need help. And someone tapped me on the shoulder in that chapel and said, hey, you want to come to our charismatic prayer group? Uh, our first meeting ever, our second meeting ever is this week. Wow. <laughs> this guy now is my best friend in seminary who's in second theology with me. Um, and we started this renewal group called Opus Novum at Duquesne, which is still going today. It's, mm. a, it's a very active, it's a student organization. Um, Opus Novum obviously meaning new work in new Latin work. from yeah, Isaiah yeah, 49. Yeah. Um, God's come to bring a new work. And I remember just, just beginning to start a prayer life, but there is an experience I want to speak into um, of how the Holy Spirit and baptism of the Holy Spirit works based on a, a personal experience. Um, it was... Oh, man, it was uh, my senior year. So this is a kind of a year after my reversion. Really, before this experience, I decided to pursue God personally every day. Mm. And that was growing, and I was getting spiritual direction. I was getting help. I was discerning my vocation. It was it was January of 2020, before COVID. We okay. all, there was a random prayer night. So our, we'd meet, we meet on Thursdays, our prayer group. Mm-hmm. But um, sometimes you say, hey, guys, who wants to go to the chapel and have some praise together. and worship and just pray yep. together? Mm-hmm. Intercessory prayer just to, just to receive. And they, they, I was at class, and I was coming late. They started praying, and everyone was just kneeling in front of the tabernacle in Duquesne Chapel. And I remember getting in there and just putting my backpack down and kneeling down. And then the praise went silent, and everyone just started, like, everyone just, like, laid prostrate in mm. front of the tabernacle. And it was just a brief silence. And then I remember just feeling this little, like, poke in my heart, like a little laugh. Like, I was, like, mm. chuckled. <laughs> and then a chuckle turned into laughter. And that laughter turned into, like, exuberant joy. And then before you know it, like... I can't stop laughing. I mean, it was the wow. it was the craziest thing. And all of a sudden, it hit this this girl in our prayer group who was a friend today. Um, she started laughing too, and everyone just started praising God. I mean, mm. it just it continued, mm. it continued. And then one by one, everyone got drawn into this 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 baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then we began to pray over each other and praise God and speak truth into each other's lives. Mm. And and I can't even describe it. But it was like a new fire and a new vision and a new receptivity of who God is in my life that really, honestly, kick-started my journey into really pursuing the priestly vocation. Yeah. Wow. And not wow. only that, like the Mass, the Scriptures, my devotions, my, my desire to receive the Eucharist, it just like fused into those. my Catholic life and put this fire into me to not only share what the Holy Spirit did in me that night and all these people mm. and give it to others. But it, this connection with God at form was incredible. And mm. it was like being mm. baptized in the communion of Christ in relationship. Yeah. I mean, laughing, <laughs> belly laughing, like skipping around to Duquesne Chapel like fools, like felt like we were drunk in the spirit. And these are real experiences. Mm. Yeah. But the key to this is I did nothing to earn it. Mm-hmm. Not only that, it was completely unexpected on a random like Tuesday night. Yes. Yeah. Where people just decide to get together in openness and communion and ask God, we want you, we love you, we mm. praise you. It started with praise. It yes. started with yeah. him. And he gave the gift, you know. And not only did it transform my life, it transformed my friend's life who was in seminary with me. It transformed these girls' lives. And one guy's married now, just got married. Another girl's just started her novitiate for the Sisters of Life. Wow. Another pre- guy in this group just was ordained a priest two years ago. Like, real people pursuing Christ that their transformation in the Holy Spirit through the charismatic renewal in this prayer group mm-hmm. have found their vocations, found their spouses, mm-hmm. found Christ calling for them in their lives through this receiving the love of God. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Dude, that's 
I mean, yeah, like you said, you can recognize the spirit by his fruits, exactly. right? So just the fruits of discovering your vocation and the fruits of desiring to bring those kind of other aspects of your Catholicism, what scripture, communion, yeah. um, the Eucharist, all those different things, your spiritual reading, that then desire to bring that to forward to, yeah. to other people, right? That's, that's obviously a fruit of the spirit. And what I really love about your story is that you all just got together to pray together and to yeah. praise, right? Yeah. There wasn't this, okay, we're gonna come down and specifically ask for something, you know, or specifically try to get somewhere. Um, and that really reflects just the experience of the apostles in Pentecost, right? They were just yeah. gathered together in the upper room, prayer and praise together, yeah. right? Um, and, and then what happens? Like, that's when the Spirit decided to show up. And so that, like, yeah, and I think that's, a, maybe you can speak into this. What, the last kind of question and a criticism that I've heard, and sometimes I also don't know how to respond to even, is when people say, okay, like I get that part of stuff. And I understand like just being in maybe some kind of worship, um, whether it's um, praise and worship music or you're having adoration and there's more audible praise of people um, and that the spirit just kind of comes and does something. Like they get that or I get that. But what about when people say, okay, we're going to get together and like pray over each other that we receive something. Mm -hmm. It almost seems like we're going to try to dictate to the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. how he should do something here. Mm -hmm. Or like, okay, do you what what do you what's a gift you desire oh you desire to have, to have peace okay we're just gonna like flood you with that you have prayers of like and that you receive yeah. peace um i understand that right because christ says like if anything you ask the father in my name i'll give you so he's yeah. clearly saying that we need to ask of these specific things but i'm also i can sometimes be hesitant and i know other people particularly ones who maybe are a little bit more traditional in their leanings mm -hmm. can be suspect of these kind of aspects of the charismatic movement because they say like, well, it sounds like you're trying to dictate what the Holy Spirit does. You're trying to almost like box the way in which you want God to work for you. Um, how is, and I'm sure that there are swings of the charismatic renewal that have come to that more like, okay, we're going to force, this is exactly yeah. what we want. We want to tell God to do this. We want to tell this person, God will exactly do this for you. I'm going to tell you exactly <laughs> what he's going to do for you. Um, how do we understand because we're one, I'm like like I said, we're going to this ignite retreat, and yeah. on Saturday night, right? Saturday night, it's the Saturday big night, night forever. Saturday right? night, Saturday. <laughs> uh, we have a prayer meeting, right? Where we yeah. small groups surround members that they have in their yeah. group, and they just pray over them. Yeah. Um, and like, and I've experienced movements myself where I just feel called to go up to someone mm -hmm. and start praying over him or her, and whether scripture comes up or just an image, mm -hmm. and I just speaking those things to them. Um, and then I'll even ask, like, is there anything more that like, you would like to receive? Yeah. Um, what, is, what is the proper understanding of that, and what is the improper understanding of that? Well, I think this ties back into the individualism that has kind of mm -hmm. plagued the renewal. The, I'm praying over you, and shove, like, yeah. fall over. Or, yeah. hey, I'm going to speak what I want to speak into your life. Yeah. Or, hey, like, I am the one that is going to be the Holy Spirit to speak mm. into it. It's control. I mean, it's it's like, hey, I think that this is your vocation. Right. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, no, no. Like all these things, it's like, and pe I don't blame people for feeling this way mm. and feeling skeptical, mm -hmm. feeling cautious because it is scary. It's a two-edged knife, you know. Yeah. If it, it, it's it's really powerful if you're in the proper disposition and you're really pursuing Christ, but also if you're if you're self-reliant. Mm. And not leaned in and not aware of your need for God and how much he's the one that's in control, it won't work. 
Yeah. It just won't yeah. work. But I want to mm-hmm. just speak for this quote about this topic and then kind of get into it a little more. The renewal has come to recognize a false individualism, mm. which interprets the New Testament witness in terms of private faith, a private experience of God, and a narrow focusing on private interiority and inwardness. Mm. In sacramental terms, the charismatic renewal is based on a renewal of that which makes one belong to the church. That is a renewal of initiation, baptism, confirmation, Eucharist. So the spirit given in initiation is more fully appropriated at the personal and social level so that there is a continual metanoia throughout the life of the Christian, an awareness. So the individualism, that narrow focusing... Mm -hmm. That manifests in things of control, or we're gonna, we're, you're gonna get these gifts because I feel like you need these gifts. Mm. I, me, individualistic. I think this is true because I've got some sort of inward-looking revelation that isn't true. What's intercession? Intercession, interceding on behalf of someone, when praying over someone, and people get all freaked out laying on hands. You don't yeah. even need to lay hands on someone. To, it's just literally saying, God, this is your son, this is your daughter. Mm. We're coming here to pray for them. We're coming here to lift them up to you, to praise you for them. And then from there, that's the focus of intercession. Nothing else. Let mm. God dictate everything else yeah. after that, yeah. where the Spirit leads, because that's the beginning. I, like when, we're, when I'm praying intercessory prayer, not only is it important to know who you're praying with and who you're praying over, but it's important to communicate these things, but it's also important to just say, God, help me step out of the way. I just desire to lift your son or daughter to you. Mm. They need prayer. What do you want to say? Yeah. Praise you. We praise you, God. We thank you. And then he comes, mm. asking the Holy Spirit to unite the hearts of those interceding, asking God to show us what he wants us to show. And speaking prophecy, the, we have the fullness of revelation. There's no new nev- revelation. Right, yeah, yeah. And most of the time, when people speak prophetic words, it's just speaking truth that's already been revealed into someone's heart. Mm. Prophecy is speaking truth. It's speaking God's word of truth into existence that's already been there. Yeah. It's just mm. restating what's already been revealed to us and revealed to this person. But so many times we as humans need reminders of how much God loves us. Yeah. So mm. when someone has a prophetic gifting in intercessory prayer, just one example, they're not saying anything new they're just speaking truth into someone's life that needs to be reminded of how much God loves them and they need to receive that. That's prophecy. That's tongues. What's tongues? Okay. Tongues. There's like tongues. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Tongues is the least of the gifts. And if you do it wrong, you know it. It sounds like mm-hmm. gongs. But mm-hmm. my experience is tongues is just like you're just praising God and just something different comes out. Something different comes out. And it's the fruit of how I know it's a real gift of tongues is if it if it enlivens my heart in the praise of God that I'm already engaged in. Yes, yeah, yep. And that's something I'm not as well versed in, but I know in my experience there was no like, okay, just start saying these random words and go. You know, right, it was yeah. it was something that it just, I said, okay, God, I praise you, I praise you, I praise you. And then it just changed into something it's... that like enlivened my heart in a deeper mm. praise of God that I can't explain. But it, it's it's... It's the least of the gifts because it's something that can also be more personal for 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 opening your heart to God yeah, as well. That makes sense. It's it's an interesting gift, but and I, we could speak on all these things, but at the end of the day, intercession, receiving the charismatic gifts, and the charismatic renewal, and praying over people is all for the glorification of bringing souls to Christ, mm-hmm. of lifting our hearts to God. The focus is Jesus Christ. The focus is God. The focus is communion with the Godhead. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Its focus is Jesus. That's the renewal. It's not me. It's not what I got. Yeah. I mean, when I went to major seminary, when minor seminary, I thought I was the man. I'm like, I got these <laughs> gifts. I've, I've been baptized in the spirit. Like, yeah. I, I'm involved in these ministries. And then I got my butt whooped. Mm. I took the gifts as my own. Yep. And every time I went to pray charismatically, praise and worship, intercession, I didn't, I was nothing. God wow. stripped these away from me. And every time I get selfish and self-reliant, he's like, okay. You're gonna you're gonna feel help. You're gonna feel you. helpless yeah. because it's not about you, man. Mm. And I remember just saying, "Oh, that's right. It's about the person in front of me who is a child of God." That's the thing about the renewal. And God wants to give His children His heart, His Spirit, the communion of Him and the Father and the Holy Spirit. That lively fire. It's about that. It's about God. It's about renewal, mm. not about me, not about me. That's what this is all about. But just to kind of conclude my statement, which I hope I'm answering your question is it's scary because we as human beings have such a hard time understanding our emotions and the way we think and the way we mm. feel. Mm-hmm. But the spirit is mysterious. Yep. The spirit mm-hmm. blows like the wind. We don't know where it goes or where it's come from. But if I am really pursuing a personal relationship with Jesus and all the aspects that the church offers me and I decide to enter into the renewal, can I trust that God's going to guide my heart? And not only that he'll work amazing things through me to help others, but that if I do make a mistake, that I'll be able to learn an even better lesson from that. Mm. We can't be afraid to be wrong. We also can't be afraid to make mistakes. We also can't be afraid of our emotions and feelings and charismatic prayer. Yeah. Mm. Because God can enter in, but we just got to make sure we're doing the work of faith yeah. to open our hearts to be disposed to him first. Mm. And then what comes from that is all gift. That's the key to the charismatic renewal. That's the key to intercessory intercessory prayer is to focus on him and then experience our emotions and things and gifts he gives us through these wonderful things and giving yeah. to others. That it's part of it. Yeah. That's what that's it's what enlivens us. You know? Just like it's like spiritual consolation in Ignatius. You know, thank you, God, for receiving it. Help this enliven me to continue to mm-hmm. fight. Mm-hmm. You know? Um but yeah, I hope that answered the question. Yeah. No, but yeah, that I think that actually, thank you for, for that. That really did um, not only answer those questions, but even some others that I was thinking about. Um, so just kind of a final note that I would add, you're we talking about uh, the gift of tongues. Um, and I've, I've experienced that in my, my own life in, in prayer for others. And uh, it's very clear to me, like you said, when it's, when it's real. In fact, I can only really do it when, or not I do it, right? I only sp- feel the spirit moving me to do it. Um, when I'm thinking about someone else or I'm exactly. in the presence of someone else. Exactly. When I try to like do it for myself or I think yeah. about, ooh, what if, what if I try to like, whatever. <laughs> it's just like, I can't, can't it, it just, I yeah. just know it's, I'd be forcing something. Yeah. So I never try to it. I just say, Lord, if you want to speak this way. And yeah. that is a really good example. And I think actually all the charismatic gifts are a good example of when St. Paul says that the spirit intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings, though because we do not know how to pray as we ought. Exactly. Uh, he says that in Romans 8. And so when some people say, like, oh, well, gift of tongues, that's like you don't even say real words. Inexpressible groanings. Groanings are words <laughs> beyond human expression. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not going to sound like normal language because yeah. it's the language of the Spirit. It's something new. And just like all of these gifts, I think, is the language of the Spirit. So they're going to look different. You can't fully ever express what's going on. Yeah. Because it's what the Spirit is doing, not us. Yeah. Um, so like Xavier said, you know, if that's new to you or if that sounds strange or you're like, I don't know what, like, that's honestly, a, like, in my opinion, a good reaction because the Spirit is mystery and mystery is always somewhat strange to us. 
Um, but don't let that strangeness or that uncomfortability or your desire to kind of avoid feeling things um, keep you from pursuing mm-hmm. the, what the Holy Spirit and the God, the yeah. Father, the whole communion of the Trinity has for you. Yeah. And I just want to make a plug, please, if you have if you have any interest, and I'm sure Brother Francisco might be able to link some stuff, but um, the Maligns documents are great if you want to read up on theologians and the church's mm-hmm. document on the charismatic renewal. Encounter Ministries out of Michigan, any of their videos uh, and their way they do their ministry and intercessory prayer, they have a two-year school that teaches how to pray charismatically. Mm. Wow. It's wonderful. Father Boniface has done talks for them. Also, um, Dr. Mary Healy is a scripture scholar and especially a pro, uh, pro on Mark um, from Sacred Heart Major Seminary in Detroit. She is one of the top people in the renewal right now who's just a wonderful person. And not only that, this has the papal... Po- uh, power and backing behind it. Pope John Paul II, Pope Benedict XVI, and Pope Francis have all affirmed and encouraged the renewal to continue to mm-hmm. grow mm-hmm. with Christ in the church. They they see it as a necessary aspect for growth in not only our relationship with God, but growth of making disciples of all nations. Like This is something that is real. Mm. And don't let the wounds and the hurt that people have caused or the skepticism or the doubt that has been kind of underlining mm-hmm. the charismatic renewal, hide what is actually true about it. Because in no matter what, the renewal in lay ministries, in, in ministries in the church, in spiritual movements, not just the charismatic renewal, there are things that happen in our broken humanity that yeah. cast yeah. a shadow of doubt, that cast uncertainty. There are resources out there and people to talk to, to work through these doubts and just... Focus on Christ, man. I mean, he he's the one that's going to guide us. You know, not, I mean, this podcast is great. This this video, you know, anything me and you could say, we could talk on for hours. But right, yeah. go, to Jesus. Yeah, go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. Say what's up in the Eucharist to him. Say, hey, what's going on? Mm. He'll give you the answers. Just keep knocking. Keep knocking. Amen. So, Well, thanks, Savior. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you all for joining. I hope uh, this was helpful. You learned something or... Um, you're invigorated maybe to pursue more of an understanding of what charismatic prayer is. If you did enjoy it, uh, we'd love to hear um, how or what. Uh, so if you want to leave a comment below, um, please rate us on Spotify, all that good jazz. Um, follow for more fantastic content. Hopefully it's fantastic. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, and Hopefully. Yeah. So, um, we, so yeah, again, Xavier, just uh, so good to have you. Uh, really appreciate Thanks, your time bro. today. So. Um, from all of us here at All Good in the Brotherhood, hope you have a wonderful and God-blessed day. God bless you guys. Bye.